global economy. Easy. The volatility and the upswings and the moods. Sort of a deflationary phenomenon again. Money for nothing. Good morning and welcome to Money for Nothing with me, Renita Malhotra-Hora. More than 25% of listed Chinese companies have suspended trading thanks to massive market declines. Greece faces a euro exit unless Cyprus bows to demands by Sunday. And U.S. stocks rally while emerging market shares sink with metals. The S&P 500 index rose, reversing a drop of more than 1% amid mounting speculation that Greece's crisis will be contained. Emerging market uh, equities tumbled and ongoing losses in China and a sell-off in commodities while the dollar strengthened. More on markets this morning with Godex Penjing Assets, uh, William Ma. And uh, after that, uh, independent technical analyst Daryl Guppy in Singapore will give us an analysis of the Shanghai market. Our last guest this morning is Joey Garcia of the Gibraltar Funds and Investment Association. He'll talk about uh, European fund investment. And Enzio von File is back in the chair as guest host. Good morning, Enzio. Morning, Renita. Enzio, uh, the China Securities Journal says in a front page commentary that China should prevent systemic and regional financial risks as the stock market continues to fall. Enzio, what pressure does this stock slump place on financial stability in China? Oh, enormous, because the, as my mother-in-law would teach one, the wrong people were getting rich. What I mean by that is that by people leveraging through their eyeballs out, the whole problem is that you, they just weren't used to these things going downhill. So that's already had ricochet effects through the banking system in China, on top of which, of course, then you have the wealth effects of people, the wrong people getting rich, who then all of a sudden the wrong people going shopping. So that's then had retail effects. So it's it's pretty massive. It's pretty massive. Okay. So also Greece. I mean, Greece has been given till Sunday to find a solution. After all this drama, do you think uh, they'll succeed? Well, it depends on how you define success. For the Greeks, the success is defined as winning a game of chicken, who will blink first. And I'm afraid that the Greeks are winning that game of chicken because the European, the EU Commission seems to be caving in. The ECB, I'm sure, will cave in. So um, success is defined as winning the game of chicken. Yes, Suri, I think that the Greeks will win. All right. Well, European leaders have given Greece just five days to put forward a new set of reform proposals to earn the bailout need uh, aid needed to bring its economy back from the brink. European leaders have signaled that they'll propel the indebted nation out of the euro should the deadline not be met. U.S. stocks closed higher yesterday after a choppy trading session. The S&P 500 index closed up 12 points or 0.61% at uh, 2,000. 
2081. The Dow ended 93 points higher or half a percent up at 17,776. And the Nasdaq closed up uh, five points at 4,997. Chinese stocks, on the other hand, fell, taking little comfort from a slew of support measures unleashed by Beijing in recent days. The CSI 300 index of the largest listed companies in Shanghai and Shenzhen ended down 1.8%, while the Shanghai Composite lost 1.3% and the Shenzhen Composite fell by 5.3%. Chinese shares traded in Hong Kong also entered a bear market, fueling anxiety over commodities demand. Bloomberg's Boris Corby reports on Bloomberg Markets. It's it's largely a story of of retail investors in China um, being egged on um, by the Chinese government through the state-run media to scoop up shares, to to expand the the equity market. Um, And then the the script gets entirely flipped. Um, You have have some selling, and then it's basically widespread panic. The, The state media doesn't intervene to kind of prop things up, and then... The panic just spreads, and now the Chinese government basically has nothing, no control over the situation any longer. But why did the government want people to invest in stocks? As people are probably aware, there was some concerns over uh, an overexpansion of credit in China. And equity markets were viewed as the the vehicle to allow companies to get uh, financing and to allow um, investors to have a bigger stake in the market. Um, And so that was really what the Chinese government, the reason the Chinese government wanted to encourage equity market participation. So with the damage now spilling over to Hong Kong, how can China stop the bleeding of its markets? North Grove Capital founder Gabriel Wallach relates China's moves to the global credit situation. This correction in the market is um, uh, related more to overvaluation of equities and leverage in the market. It is not necessarily an indicator of, of future growth for earnings or for the economy. The economy has slowed. And it, it, would be, it will be very interesting to see in the second quarter how companies are performing. Uh, interestingly, banks uh, have been very defensive in this market. Um, and the reason for that is, is their balance sheets are actually better today, uh, five years after the crisis yeah. in 2008 and 2009. Um, so the issue is not really an overvaluation of the currency. Interest rates are coming down clearly, dramatically, uh, and very quickly. And let me point out another issue, which is really we're in the middle of a of a credit crisis globally. Uh, and you can see that with sovereigns like Greece uh, coming back to, to the headlines. But you can also see it at the corporate level in the high yield market across emerging markets, whether it's an energy company in Brazil or um, property companies in, in China, which have overextended themselves over the last couple of years. Right. So uh, and, and, and as you see rates rise globally or, or easing uh, such as QE end, uh, that will become more difficult for, for companies that need to refinance. Gordon Change, who is the author of a book called The Coming Collapse of China, says that this has now become a political situation in China. Um, The announcement of the uh, rescue package on Saturday, clearly it's directed towards the blue chips, which means that it's supposed to help people in Beijing, you know, and then really what you've got now are individual investors around the country are saying, well, what about me? Why aren't you rescuing the small caps where I'm invested in? And basically right now, the conversation in Hong Kong, where I am, is that uh, Chinese leaders are panicking. They're 
they're terribly bungling this rescue package and, and essentially they've lost all credibility. So this is a situation where even if they try to do something now, I think that they're going to have problems because especially today when you had across the board falls in three major indexes, indices, it's an indication that people no longer trust Premier Lee Ka Chong. And we're going to probably see some changes in the political system as some people are axed. Companies in China are now taking matters into their own hands. 1,200 companies, that's more than 25% of listed firms in China, most of them in Shenzhen, have suspended trading thanks to the decline. A paper authorized by China's Securities Regulatory Commission said nearly 1,000 companies listed on the stock market in Shanghai and Shenzhen had suspended trading. The website called CN Stock said this was because the extraordinary rescue efforts by Beijing had done little to halt the slide. The main stock exchange in Shanghai plummeted by 30% in three weeks after soaring to a seven-year high. All right, let's bring in our first guest of the morning, uh, William Ma, who is the Chief Investment Officer at Gotex Penjing Asset Management. Good morning, William. Morning. William, the spillover to Hong Kong, uh, to the Hong Kong markets, how serious is this? Um, if you look at the germ bot, which is a small cap index in Hong Kong, actually, <clears throat> month to date, uh, up to yesterday, it was down 30%. And some of the smaller cap companies, which is you know popular names among the hedge funds, and some funds they they are down more than that. So the spillover effect on the small cap area is quite serious. And do you think it's going to get worse? I think the difference, if you like, is um, um, everything happened in Hong Kong is much quicker than in China for a few reasons. Um, the obvious one is there is no um, a limit down mechanism in Hong Kong. And the second point, as you mentioned earlier, a bulk of the stocks uh, in the Shenzhen Stock Exchange, for example, 38% of uh, Shenzhen listed companies, which tends to be small cap, they are suspended. So they, they will take longer uh, for them to be relisted and then um, the, the ripple effect will come in. Enzio? William, why have the sm- Hong Kong listed small caps dropped much more than the China A-share small caps? It's, it's very good question and it's quite um, strange if you are thinking about from a valuation perspective because people have been talking about Hong Kong companies trading at cheaper valuation than A shares and people should long X shares. I think it's uh, mainly due to liquidity reason because um, uh, we are talking about Hong Kong small cap are becoming A-sharized. So the investor base, if you like, uh, some of them are coming from mainland China. So if they cannot raise capital from their China Asia small caps, um, the other way around is to sell their holdings in the Hong Kong small caps. William, do you agree with Gabriel Wallach that uh, risk of environment around the world is related to why we are seeing what we are seeing in China and now in Hong Kong? I think um, to a less extent, if you like, and we can be a little bit more objective, um, if you look at rest of the region, Japan, Korea, and even Taiwan, I think Japan had a bad day on Monday. But if you look at yesterday, actually, Japan was up. So I think um, the the correction in China is more China-related than than Greece. William, just on the valuation question, we know in Hong Kong that the H 
shares are very, very undervalued to the A shares in China. We also know that the Hong Kong listed small caps are much less valued or much lower. The valuations are much lower than the China A share small caps. So why is that, that the A shares are overvalued relative to the H's and to the Hong Kong listed small caps? Yes. um, uh, As you understand, the China A share market 80% 80% are retail investor, and they are also very focusing on the policy. So the policy of the Chinese government in the past years, if you like, is to promote the internet high-growth related companies. And oftentimes, those Shenzhen-listed small caps, they are in the internet-related area that have exponential growth. So for them, you know, trading at 100 times, 150 times PE is quite reasonable according to the local investor perspective. So X shares is a little bit more rational, I would say. William, all of these companies that have suspended trading, what's it going to take for them to start trading again? Forever. <laughs> but, uh, actually kidding. I think um, the real, real thing is the companies, they are suspended trading voluntarily. So they apply for suspending trading to the stock exchange and some com- uh, the stock exchange will reject some of them. So I think they have to put up a good story to suspend trading. I would say they, they would like to take maybe a month or two unless uh, until the market is stabilized then they will resume trading but again there will be a ripple and catch up effect because once they start trading um they they will see a few days of stop loss if the market haven't recovered yet Enzio and where do you think the markets will be headed the China Asia markets on a 6 to 12 month view William I think actually um Quite contrarily, and um, I think there's still some interesting opportunity in the overall China Asia market, and it's becoming a paradise for for the stock pickers because um, before the correction, all companies just go up. There is a it's incremental uh, rally, if you like. But now after the correction, valuation is becoming 17 times versus the peak 40 times, and for stock pickers, uh, some of the good companies are dropped less. So to me, I'm less concerned about the market, and I think the SOE reform the sub-industry consolidation will continue. It's just the sentiment. We need the retail investor coming back again. So this is interesting. William Goldman Sachs has predicted that the large cap uh, CSI index will rally 27% over the next year as the government support measures boost investor confidence and monetary easing spurs growth. What do you think about that? I think that is a reasonable point, if you like. But again, it's also related to how effective the government policy is, is comforting the retail investor. Because at the, at the end of the day, it's the retail investor that is driving the market. Uh, from an investment manager perspective, I prefer more bottom-up company-specific stories. Because in case it takes longer than six months, 12 months for the market to recover, those companies with good fundamental tends to outperform in the longer run. Can you recommend any uh, specific stocks for us to look at right now? Yeah, for example, uh, some company I mentioned earlier, um, just like the largest air conditioned manufacturing company called GLEE, G-L-E-E, is listed in Shenzhen Stock Exchange. They command 40% of the whole air conditioner market in, in China. And, you know, they are trading at, you know, now single digit PE at the peak, they are mid-teens, com- which is trading at one third of the global uh, peer group valuation in terms of uh, price earnings to growth ratio. So I think there are a lot of these companies, you know, people should start looking at it and should not be bothered too much by the retail sell down. Any others besides Gree? Okay, um, there is another one called A in China. A shares is is called Hai Tian. Again, um, it's a soya sauce manufacturer. 
um, they are commanding around uh, 17% of soy sauce in China market and it's growing. And, you know, this type of company shouldn't be too impacted by the slowdown of China, you know, because people need to eat and dip soy sauce, aren't they? All right, William, thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning. That is William Ma, and he is the Chief Investment Officer at Gotex Penjing Asset Management. Well, with the stock uh, rally going on for a year in China, government and, you know, having seen that government intervention doesn't necessarily work, uh, let's speak with uh, our next guest, who is an independent technical analyst who has some more insight on the matter. Let's welcome to the show Daryl Guppy, who is the CEO of Guppy Traders. Good morning, Daryl. Good morning. Daryl, you uh, said on CNBC yesterday that technical analysis has signaled a big change in the direction of China's key Shanghai Composite Index, with a high probability that the market will next find support at the 3,400 level. Can you explain? Okay, the key factor for the 3,400 level is that this provided the resistance level back in December and January, early February this year. This has been a long-term consolidation between 3,000 3, and 3,400. So this is a good, strong support level. So we're looking for the market to consolidate around the 3,400 level. So how far do you think the market will fall? That's a very interesting question. We think that the lowest level that's likely to fall is 3,000. And we may see a continuation of this consolidation pattern between 3,000 and 3,400 that, again, we saw between November 2014 and January 2015. And in what time frame do you see this happening? The way the market's falling at the moment, this would likely to be achieved within the next week to two weeks. So we're looking for consolidation patterns to develop. We're obviously short on the market at the moment, but we are looking to go long with some selected stocks that are beginning to show rebound recoveries. But on the broader index itself, we'll look to go long once we're able to prove that support is able to hold. And once that happens, Daryl, how would you say the the trend reversal might develop? We're unlikely to see what they call a V-shaped recovery. Uh, This is not typical in the China market. What we like to see is an L-shaped recovery. In other words, it will come down, sit around the 3,400 level, trade sideways for several months, and then develop uh, a reverse J-curve, if you want to call it that, and it was a breakout from that L-shaped consolidation. The consolidation period is the key factor. And again, I'll go back to uh, November 2014, January 2015, and you saw this sideways consolidation pattern and then the breakout above that. Daryl, it's Enzia here in Hong Kong. What would you suggest in terms of Hong Kong stocks to look at? Well, the key factor with Hong Kong stocks is that people were looking at momentum arbitrage. I'm not quite sold on the story of fundamental differences and all the rest of it. So the Hong Kong market did not take off in the same way as the uh, Shanghai market. It lagged that market considerably. There was a burst that took place in the last couple of weeks, but that was a a momentum arbitrage. In other words, people were saying, look, we've got co-listing in Hong Kong and Shanghai. Shanghai has already moved up this far, but the Hong Kong listing hasn't. Therefore, it's likely to catch up. So what we found was a speculative move into Hong Kong listings that had co-listings in Shanghai, and the exit from those Hong Kong listings is faster than the exit uh, from the Shanghai listings. All right, Daryl, you just returned from the Guangzhou International Financial Expo. Uh, Was there anything interesting you found out there that you could tell us about? 
people are concerned at looking at the regulatory structure of the market and the way that that impacts on volatility. And one of the key issues that we raised was, first of all, the inability to easily short the market. Because that means that the only way you can make money in this market is by going long. As soon as the trend reverses, as it has, you've got no choice but to sell to protect your profits. If you're able to easily short, then people will go short, and that reduces the volatility uh, and the extremes of these trend changes. That's the first factor. The second factor is the use of limit down um, or limit up, which are 10% moves in individual stocks. So the problem with you, if you are locked limit down in a falling market, you want to sell today, you can't. So as soon as the market opens again tomorrow, all that pent-up selling pressure is immediately exerted back into the market and that increases volatility again. So being locked limit up, limit down on each day actually increases the momentum of the up move or the down move. Removal of those limits we think would make quite a big difference. All right, Daryl, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That is Daryl Guppy, and he is the CEO of GuppyTraders.com. Let's take a look at the numbers now. The Nikkei is down four-tenths of a percent to 20,288. Australia's ASX 200 is down a quarter of a percent this morning, as is Sol's Kospi to um, Australia is at 5,549 and Sol's Kospi at 2,045. In currencies, one euro currently stands at 1.10 US dollars. The US dollar is trading at 122.53 yen and one pound sterling will buy you 11 Hong Kong dollars and 98 cents, one US dollar and 54 cents. The time is now 8.23 a.m. and you're listening to Money for Nothing with me, Renita Malhotra-Hora. For fund, man- for fund managers who might be looking for a niche market, Gibraltar is holding a trade delegation in Hong Kong in the coming two days. So let's bring in our next guest, Gibraltar Funds and Investment Association Chairman Joey Garcia. Good morning, Joey. Morning. Joey, can you tell us a little bit more about the trade delegation and what's being discussed? Sure. So um, we're spending a few days uh, in Hong Kong after a few days in Singapore and basically profiling the the offering that we have and I suppose really explaining to to managers and and businessmen in in Hong Kong of how Gibraltar can facilitate um, entry to the European Union and that particular market through through Gibraltar as I suppose an alternate entry point into the European Union. Is uh, entry into the European market... Uh, attractive right now, given uh, sort of the turmoil that's going on with Greece? Sure. I mean, it's a valid point to make. But I think what what people, perhaps most people don't realize is that even though the European Union has a population of only, say, 500 million people, so 7% of global population, it still represents about 24% of of global wealth. So as a market for, as a professional investor market in particular for uh, fund managers and investment managers, I think it is a very important market and actually from the numbers that we have represent something like 20% of the assets that, that, that Hong Kong based managers uh, raise and manage. So um, I think it does continue to be a, an important market. Joey, just why would the a person wanting to enter 
Europe go through you and Gibraltar entering the EU in particular as opposed to the other 15 British overseas territories? Why would they choose Gibraltar? Sure, and that's a, another good point. Um, the, the biggest differentiator between us and, and those 15 other overseas territories is that we are actually in the EU and none of the others are. So uh, it, it is the only territory from which you'd be able to obtain what we call passporting rights. So that is a company that's regulated within Gibraltar or using a service provider in Gibraltar is able to freely market and passport their services on a simple notification basis to all other um, EU territories. So can you tell us how that works? What are the basic steps that a company or an individual, if, if that's the case, would need to take in order to... Um, get into Europe through the Gibraltar yeah. Funds Association? Yep. So, I mean, typically you look at, a, as, as many other jurisdictions, a regulatory application process. But once the key point is that once you are regulated within that territory, in the same way that if you were regulated in London or Frankfurt or Paris or wherever it might be, at that stage it becomes a very simple regulator to regulate a notification process. So the point being, obviously, that once you're in the EU, the, the position is, if you like, equalized and equivalent whatever territory you're in and you're able to, to freely market and, and and provide those services throughout the union but how come i can't go th into the eu through germany or london or is it just as cost effective as going through no, i mean that you can absolutely do it through london or or, or germany i think that we are um, very different in, in the sense that it's gibraltar is a small territory we are certainly more cost effective i i, I say in a, your, your cost base i from doing business in Gibraltar would be significantly less than it would be um, so from 50 London. 50% less? Um, it could be up to 50% okay. less. Um, I think that the other critical point is that very, very unique, and it is actually completely unique to Gibraltar, although we're in the EU, we're outside of the EU for the purposes of, of VAT, so there's no VAT applicable on services provided from, from Gibraltar. Yes. Yeah. And what's the reaction been like in Hong Kong and Singapore from your roadshow? There's a lot of interest. I think we're getting um, some traction here. I think, as everyone says, these can't be um, singular. Um, events. Uh, there has to be a continuation and a, a long-term plan. But, you know, the whole point of this exercise is really just profiling who we are, where we are, uh, what we can do, and how we can facilitate uh, that, that, that entry for for Hong Kong-based managers. All right, Joey, thank you so much for joining us this morning. That is Joey Garcia, and he is the chairman of the Gibraltar Funds and Investment Association. Well, time to uh, take a quick look again at the numbers this morning. The Nikkei is now down nine-tenths of a percent to 20,193. Australia's ASX 200 is down eight-tenths of a percent to 5,516. And Seoul's Kospi up just slightly 0.08% to 2,041. Gold currently stands at $1,153.80 per ounce. And Brent crude oil at fifty. $57.27. Well, Enzio, here we are. It's the end of a Wednesday. We've got uh, all sorts of mayhem uh, happening in the Chinese markets. And uh, do you expect them to sort of continue in this downward spiral? Oh, I think so. I think that the mayhem will continue also for something that we haven't discussed yet, which is Iran and the resulting the, the resulting negotiations there, that, which would bring me to the point of gold, which I think 
even if there's a demand supply imbalance, I just think that there's going to be a bit of safe haven buying into gold going forward because people are so worried about these jittery markets. The Asia market clearly is on an overshoot on the downside. And I would particularly think that buying particularly H shares here, which are undervalued relative to the A shares, as William taught us, that might be something to look at. All right, Enzio. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Enzio von Feil is an investment strategist at Private Capital and a regular guest host on Money for Nothing. A quick look at uh, the weather forecast for today. We'll have sunny intervals, a few showers and isolated thunderstorms later. The temperature right now is 27 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is 68% and the T1 signal has been hoisted. This is Renita Malhotrahora wrapping up for this morning's edition of Money for Nothing. Time for the half-hour news summary with Samantha Butler. Eurozone leaders have given the Greek government until tomorrow to present new proposals on finding a way out of its debt crisis. The German Chancellor Angela Merkel told a news conference in Brussels the proposals will be put to a full European Union summit on Sunday. The president of the European Council, Donald Tusk, said it was the final deadline and perhaps the most critical moment in the EU's history. The situation is really critical and uh, unfortunately we can't exclude this uh, black scenario. I mean, no agreement until Sunday. It means, of course, that we need to discuss also the consequences for the whole European Union, not only for the Eurozone. The president of the European Commission said the EU had prepared for every outcome, including a possible Greek exit from the single currency. The Greek Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras says he'll submit detailed proposals in the next few days. The discussions took place in a positive mood. From now on, the process will be quick, very fast. It will start in the next hours with the aim of reaching an agreement by Sunday at the latest. The Democratic frontrunner for U.S. President Hillary Clinton has used her first national television interview of the campaign to deal with the question of whether voters can trust her. Radio Australia's Nick Harmson reports from Washington. Since announcing her nomination in April, Hillary Clinton has avoided the full glare of the television spotlight. But amid fresh controversy over her use of a private email account while Secretary of State, she's used an interview with CNN to address the issue of her trustworthiness. This has been a theme that has been used against me and my husband for many, many years. And at the end of the day,